the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And Lundy, I was at half mass uh, pretty much the entire week, and I was in Canton, Ohio uh, for the King's Classic Draft. Uh, a lot of drunken revelry uh, that took place in that wonderful city. I uh, had a couple of craptastic drafts. Uh, one salary cap slash auction. One 14-team snake. Uh, you probably heard the coverage on Sirius XM. And you're probably one of the people that was just raking me over the coals on social media based on my perceived draft performance. Possibly because I didn't get this guy. But in the middle of the draft... Justin Fields was streaming on my screen while I was auctioning, and I probably should have gone the extra dollar because, man, he looks spectacular against largely second and third stringers, the Miami Dolphins, so take that for what it's worth. But he completed 70% of his attempts, over 140 yards through the air, uh, had a wide-open, blown coverage touchdown, but most impressively, it was a duality, which we all knew he possessed uh, you know, chewing up real estate on the ground with the 33 rushing yards of the rushing TD as well. Uh, and what really impressed me most about Fields was his on-the-move accuracy. I mean, his footwork was pristine. It was impeccable. And his ability to square up, uh, even moving laterally, and then throw a strike downfielder's receiver is a special, special trait that he owns. So, for all these reasons, and and I think Matt Nagy himself is like, yeah, damn, maybe I should really start him week one against the Rams. I still think it's going to be Andy Dalton. Uh, but at the very latest, I believe the fields will be at the controls against the Lions week four. And if that does play out sooner or at that time uh, that I'm you know, fearlessly forecasting, he's 7-1 to one to win Offensive Rookie of the Year right now. And, and that's at a bet MGM. And I still think that is an extraordinary value. And I expect that number to shrink after the next preseason game because the buzz, it's about to become deafening in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved the accuracy on the move. Saw uh, a lot of that. Watched some of it live. Went back and watched it afterwards. It's impressive, dude, because it's yeah. one thing to stand there in the pocket and fire darts. Um, it's another one to be able to do that when you're on the move. And that is a dynamic part of a Bears offense that has just not been there. So the fact that that is sitting there on the doorstep, Nagy needs to answer that uh, doorbell uh, because the guy's right there on the porch, man. He's waving at the ring. You know, he's got the uh, video camera on the porch. Yeah. Welcome this guy into the house because he's the future. Yeah, Fields uh, needs to be the future, and it better be now, Nagy. Damn it! Get him in the lineup for the love of the gambling gods and fantasy gods as well. With that, on this Taco Tuesday edition, let's add a little extra spice with the Fade Five. Number five. All right, let's go to the artist formerly known as the Fighting Tim Tebow's. Uh, that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pour it out for Tim Tebow. Hey, Tim! Uh, professional Cornhole is calling your name. Maybe bobsled. Uh, maybe you could do that handball game. Uh, and I saw that the Olympics like, look kind of cool. I think Tebow could excel because he's still yoked. You know, pounded those protein shakes, but no longer a member of this team. However, this guy is James Robinson. And the line on rush yards for maybe a sophomore sensation, we'll discuss here in a second. 625.5 rush yards, minus 112. Pull this one from FanDuel. I'm taking the over here, Lundy. 
I think Robinson, who, by the way, uh, kicked off the NFL's annual list of top 100 players at number 100. Why? Well, he had a spectacular rookie season out of nowhere. Remember, he was an FCS-level product out of Illinois State, just up the road from the Evans Compound here in central Illinois. And last year on the ground alone, 240 carries, 1,070 yards. He was number 16 in yards created per touch, ranked top 15 in yak per attempt at 3.18, only forced to miss tackle 14.5% of the time, but the brawn was on display behind a lackluster offensive line, and we saw those problems in the first preseason game for Trevor Lawrence and friends. Uh, that's an area of improvement that will certainly have to increase uh, for Robinson to hit this. I know you're worried about Travis Etienne, uh, but I think we're discounting Robinson too heavily. A lot of the prognosticators out there agree. Mike Clady, ESPN's got him for 181 carries, 786 yards. Jeff Ratcliffe, hilariously, 177 for 787, uh, going $1 above. Uh, Mike Clay, and then you look at fantasy football today, 185 carries, 816. 625 and a half is just too suppressed for a talented guy who will still have a role provided Jacksonville can at least remain somewhat competitive this season. So fade or follow over James Robinson, 625.5 rush yards, minus 112 at FanDuel. I am not as bullish as those guys are, but I do think he gets past this number. Give me high 600s, maybe right around 700. I don't think he starts pushing 800, and I think it's for two reasons. One, it's Travis Etienne that you just talked about. The second reason, the offensive line. Third reason, uh, bad negative game scripts. Now, I will say this. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to see all of Trevor Lawrence's performance yet. I have not gone back and watched all the tape, but what I did see dude gets sacked, then turns around and completes a couple of long third down opportunities. So I was impressed by the fact that he didn't get rattled, um, that he just continued. He got right back up, went right back, uh, you know, into the huddle, called the play and ran the play. And I think that it would have been really easy for him in his first NFL, uh, you know, spot where he basically was strip sacked. Uh, thankfully he recovered it, uh, to run into a problem. So I think James Robinson's going to have some passing to be able to help him. We just need them, Brad, to not be down 17, 18, 20 points uh, because that kind of game script, that's going to get ugly. So I'm going to follow on this one, but I don't think Robinson really crushes this number. I think he just kind of slightly sails past it, gets up to 700. Run, Robinson, run! Number four. All right, moving on to another young running back. Could be a stud in your neck of the woods there, the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. Juggernaut Javante Williams and the line 800.5 rush yards pulled from BetMGM at minus 111 either direction. And I'm taking the ever so slight under on Williams. And I may be regretting this. Here's what Vic Fangio said about Javante Williams' initial preseason performance in which he had five carries for 29 yards. He said this, quote, I was anxious to see him because you could look at running backs all you want in practice, and they can do good and get better. But ultimately, the number one job of a running back is to be able to make people miss or break tackles in game, and obviously he didn't disappoint. And look, that's the calling card. Uh, Javante Williams, at least it was at the college level, uh, as a member of the North Carolina Tar Heels last season. I've said this before. This is the most absurd advanced analytic I have seen in maybe years. He forced a missed tackle on 48.4% of his carries. He had a 4.59 yards after contact per attempt mark. Uh, He doesn't have the greatest hands, but at least they're adequate. Melvin Gordon dealing with a soft tissue issue right now. Uh, May have, you know, uh, burned a couple of bridges behind the scenes. 
uh, with some of his diva-ish demands this offseason. So, you know, there have been some whispers, some rumblings that Javante Williams could win this job out of training camp. I think that's very much on the table. But I think in the end here, Lundy, it's going to be a 60-40 split favoring Gordon early in the season. And it's a favorable schedule for the Broncos as they go up against uh, both New York teams. They got the Jaguars mixed in there as well. So Gordon could have a hot start. Uh, you know, depress the value somewhat of Javante Williams, but I think Williams could overtake him over the second half of the season. For all those reasons, all those variables at play, despite his recognition, reaction, and doling out a punishment, I think Williams, again, just going to be shy of the 800-yard mark in the end. So fade or follow under Juggernaut Javante Williams, 800.5 rush yards, minus 111 at BetMGM. Love this guy from a fantasy perspective because of the upside, especially in the second half of the season. But this is too big of a number for me. I got to follow and stay on the under with 800. Melvin Gordon, for everything that he's got, still has some gas left in the tank. He's still going to find his way out there on that field. And look at all the weapons, a lot of them which were on display this past weekend. I mean, whether it's lock, Bridgewater, Lockwater, I don't know. Maybe we just put the two of them together. You make one quarterback. Yeah. Um, there are weapons on that field that are going to be catching the ball for them. They're going to try to pass the ball. I know Fangio's talked about being balanced. I know Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, has talked about trying to be balanced and run the ball as much as they can. But I just feel like Williams is going to stay underneath this number because I think he's going to ramp up over the course of the season. And by the time he does have the majority of the carries, which I do fully expect by the second half, I think by the time he's got that, he's going to be too far down to be able to catch this number by the way submit your vote now on the over the under because this is the subject of today's poll question again over under javante williams 800.5 rush yards submit your vote uh add a comment and we will share your two cents at the end of the pod today number three all right moving on uh let's go to kareem hunt uh part of the dynamic duo of the cleveland browns and uh, I'm going to go back to the over, and I may have to break out the the sledgehammer on this one, Lundy, uh, because the line of Bet Rivers is soft. I mean marshmallow soft. 600.5 rush yards. That's it. You compare it to some of the other books that are out there, like DraftKings, like Fandle, BetMGM. They're all 650-plus for Kareem Hunt. So you might want to jump on this opportunity. Again, at minus 110, so you're not uh, you know, overpaying on the juice. Now, last season, on 48.7% of the opportunity share, 198 carries. Hunt went for 841 on the ground. But you remember, Nick Chubb missed a handful of games due to a knee injury, and he is back and at full strength. Still Hunt on a per-touch basis outstanding number six in yards created per touch 3.18 yak per attempt that was rb 13 tied with the aforementioned james robinson force a missed tackle 17.7 percent of the time and if you look across the board there are some variances uh, uh and disagreements among experts in what hunt will do this season mike clay's kind of projected for 587 Ratcliffe at 628 and fantasy football today the most aggressive at 742 we know the mo of Kevin Stefanski and this Cleveland Browns offense. It's run early, it's run often, ball control behind that brutalizing offensive line. And I think Hunt will get enough work to get him around 650 to 700 rush yards in the end. So fade or follow, Kareem Hunt over. 600.5 rush yards, minus 110 at Bet Rivers. I will take the over at 600, but I ain't touching it if we're talking about 650 or whatever some of the other books have. This is the shop around, right? You got to yep. find the best options you can for your dollars. Your best option here is to take the over on the 600. I think he's going to just 
barely creep over this, which is why, you know, something that sits at 625 maybe by the end of the season, which is why the 650 makes me nervous because all it takes is one breakaway run week 17 randomly uh, for him to be able to get up over this number. But 600, I'm okay with that. Stick around for our top plays in Major League Baseball Plus. Oh, you guessed it. Bonus time. Number two. All right, Lenny, let's go to the diamond and one in which uh, the eyes had popped out of my sockets uh, in pure shock this morning as I fired up the old geek machine and was sorting through all the various sportsbook offerings because this doesn't make any sense. Cincinnati on the run line uh, against the Chicago Cubs at plus odds. Uh, Excuse me? Baking powder? What? (laughs) The Cubs have lost 12 consecutive games. They have dropped 17 of their last 19. They got their asses handed to them again yesterday. I think they've given up 28 runs over their last two contests. And it's plus odds for Cincinnati to win by two or more runs at home. Again, it doesn't really add up. we got Kyle Hendricks on the bump going up against Vladimir Gutierrez. And you look at Hendricks, he's got a 5.23 ERA and a couple of starts this season against the Reds. And since the All-Star break, so over his last five starts, a 6.18 ERA. So he's struggling right now with his command. Vladimir Gutierrez, the polar opposite, 2.38 ERA in a couple of turns against the Cubbies this season. And over his last three starts, 1.42 ERA. Am I missing something here? Fader followed the Reds to cover the run line. I feel with ease against my AAA affiliate on the north side and the Cubs. Again, plus 120, and I grabbed this one at DraftKings. Brad, the most disappointing thing out of the weekend was that I was in your fine state of Illinois, and of course, because of Illinois' backwards uh, regulations, (laughs) I couldn't do any betting because, man, did I want to be betting against the Cubs in every possible way. Uh, Yes, uh, you jump on this one with the odds that are in your favor, and you jump on this one because, for crying out loud, people, I mean, they're barely AAA, Brad. They might be a double-A team at this point, so you should be doing all the bets that you possibly can against the Cubs, but yes, Cincy on the run line, sign me up. Fade the living daylights out of the Myrtle Beach Cubs? Number one. All right, last and certainly not least, let's go back to a a, a well that we've drank from, and it's been quite refreshing and satisfying consistently this season, and that is betting the over on Logan Webb strikeouts. Now, uh, it's an aggressive line, heavily juiced at BetMGM at minus 167, but if you slap that together... With the Reds just to win on the money line, again, the Cubs have lost 12 in a row, so odds are pretty strong that uh, the Reds are going to win this game. Uh, And the way that Gutierrez is pitching, again, it's certainly in favor for them. It's at plus 163, Lundy, and that's what I'm going to do here. Why do we love Logan Webb? And I know you're going to follow me on this one. Uh, The over four and a half strikeouts against the Mets. Well, he's been over this, and four of his last five grips of the seams uh, 1.58 home ERA on the season in which he has struck out 45 and 40 innings pitch. The Mets right now are really struggling to apply bat to ball. Just a 640 OPS in the month of August, though. They're middle of the pack in strikeout rate over the last 30 days. So, fade or follow, Logan Webb over four and a half strikeouts against the Metropolitans. And again, pair that together with the Reds on the money line, and that is a cool plus 163.
You said 163? Oh, yeah. hells yeah. to the yeah. No, I'm all over this one. Obviously, Cincinnati on the money line is the easy part of it. And this is the kind of stuff that we like to do. Sometimes we do it in bonus time, Brad, with these parlays, is if you've got something you feel pretty good about, but it's been juiced to high heaven, folks, go find something else that you feel good about. Put those two things together. It's not that hard. You can figure out a way to get rid of that juice. Get yourself to what Brad just said at the plus 163. Smart play. I like this one a lot. Good little two-legger to round out the fade five. Ah. All right, let's make some more money. Boot is time. What else you got on your betting card on this Tuesday? Well, speaking of trying to get rid of the juice, Brad, on the money line tonight, the Dodgers are a minus 320. Uh, wow. Yeah, minus 320, wow. folks. That's how... That's how heavily favored they are in the game tonight against the Pirates. So I'm putting together the Dodgers on the money line. Give me the aforementioned San Francisco Giants. You were just talking about uh, Mr. Webb. I will take the Giants. And because they're at home uh, with Herman Marquez on the mound, I will take the Rockies on the run line, which puts them at a plus one and a half to keep things tight against the Padres. They had a walk off last night. Put all those together. Two, four, six, eight, plus 246, my ooh, friend. Ooh, yeah, get seduced by that juice. Ooh, that is triggering the old salivary glands, Lenny, and so is this wager. Eric Fetty, over five and a half hits allowed. Yes, uh, DraftKings offers this. There is a sports book that does this. Minus 125, a little heavy on the juice, but not too heavy for me to shy away. Why? Well, Fetty's going up against the Toronto Blue Jays. And really don't need any more evidence, but he's also been over five and a half hits allowed in six of his last nine starts over his last nine starts as well. A 7.13 ERA and an 82.8% contact rate. Oh, and by the way, the Blue Jays, yeah, they're still crushing fastballs. 817 post all-star break OPS. I think that one is low hanging fruit. And uh, let's correlate, correlate, shall we? Uh, Tay Oscar Hernandez gets an RBI in this game for the Jays at plus 120. Also pulled this one from DraftKings. Hernandez, one of the hottest hitters in Major League Baseball over the last couple of weeks. Uh, over his last 15 days, he's batting a robust 453, Lundy. Uh, and he's got double figures in RBIs, 18 as a matter of fact. Over that stretch. So, man, you want to talk about a guy that's in fuego. That is certainly Teoscar Hernandez. So, there you have it. All right, before we get out of here, Paul results, Paul results, Lundy. Uh, again, over or under, 800.5 rush yards for Javante Williams off an impressive debut in the preseason. 355 votes cast uh, at my Twitter account, at Noisy Huevos. And the over, ooh, barely hits at 50.7% compared to 49.3%. On the other, what does I tell you? This is a well-priced line. Some of the uh, comments added. Devil's accomplice said, uh, Gord was average at best last year. Fangio needs results this year. He won't cater to a veteran who won't be on the team next season. Justin R slash YT at Blockbuster Guy on Twitter said, Boy, this is tight. I don't want to underestimate Melvin Gordon, but at the same time, this offense has proven its ability to support multiple RBs. I'm going under, but it isn't with confidence either way. Dr. Tim Q. Andercust said, easy under. He's definitely confident there. And finally, Full Slate Podcast says, I think this happens very quickly, as in Williams overtaking Gordon, Fangio seat warming him up, uh, and he has no loyalty to Gordon simply because he's a vet. So, interesting. Uh, some people on you know very different sides when it comes to the unproven product out of North Carolina and Javante Williams. And that is a wrap on today's Feed the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy 
on Twitter, at Nate Lundy. Follow me there, at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, as always, keep fading the Cubs. Feed or follow, that is up to you. Feed the noise.